on the edge of space before time began there was only the hubverse Sprocketeers avenged clarity they dismantled obscurity they danced when the flywheel spun here we bring you the stories and the journeys to becoming the hubspot super admin in this episode bob explains his extra gene and dives into what it takes to be a gladiator in the HubSpot Super Admin arena. Welcome to the Becoming a HubSpot Super Admin podcast, powered by Sprocketeer, where we're championing the HubSpot Super Admin. So with us today, we have Bob Balm. He's the HubSpot consultant and head of demand gen at Gradient. Uh, he not only does that, but he hosts this awesome podcast. It's called The Secret in Gradient. Uh-uh. See what they did? So the Secret Ingredient podcast is where he talks all things demand gen and B2B marketing. Uh, the, the third and final awesome piece about Bob, he's been a Sprocketeer from the beginning. From day one, Bob's been a part of Sprocketeer community. Hey, Bob, thanks for being here. Hey, Grant. Thanks for having me. We're excited. It's a Friday. Uh, it's, it's evening Friday. for you. It's afternoon for me. And so that just... That just is going to sound like success. success. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to transition that one again. <laughs> <laughs> it's evening for you and it's afternoon for me. And that's just going to be success for us because it's going to be a great time. For sure. Yeah. It's Friday. I mean, it's always happy to do this. It's nice and relaxed. Uh, you know, still Agreed. talking shop, but yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So to kick us off on this Friday, let's hear Bob's favorite HubSpot tool and why that's the tool he picked. Yeah, that's that's tricky because the whole package is, is just like a kid in a candy shop for me. I love like automating and building and, and connecting things and like uh, integrating other things with HubSpot and making Give these, me all the things, all the things like mad machines of, of chaos or, or order prefer or order. Right. Yeah, yeah, but the um, uh, I think at the it used to be the concept of workflows, just what you can do with workflows, automating things, right, building processes. Uh, but ever since uh, OpsHub has been released, and I got to play with uh, some pretty cool applications of custom code, uh, custom code actions, I think that's now uh, competing for the top spot for sure. Uh, custom so code actions. Yeah, yeah. Just we, we we've done some really cool things for uh, customers of ours uh, who um, they run a little bit of an atypical setup with uh, uh, perishable products. Let's call it that. So like, mm -hmm. there's only one product, and when when that one is sold, it's gone, right? Like uh, it's right refurbished machinery, for example. For example, and um, we've done some cool stuff where we uh, put the products in a custom object, and then. Uh, use custom quotes and custom quote templates and custom programmable email templates that uh, sort of uh, um, uh, you know populate emails or quotes with those custom objects instead of products. Which is it's this when you look at it, you're really bending the the rules or stretching HubSpot to its limits, really. To uh, and that's that's where that's my zone. You know, just right, seeing how right. far I can go with HubSpot before it breaks and before it uh, <laughs> it really isn't isn't workable anymore. But <laughs> The people That's that need to work with cool. it every day. Yeah. Right. Taking those those building blocks and building on top of those 
to get these For actions sure. to happen. Yeah. I've, I mean, uh, it's, it's in the Sprocketeer community as well. You know, that's, that's my favorite thing when somebody comes with a, a case, like you go, yeah, that's not possible in HubSpot. Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> what if we took this and then, you know, and I love just like typing it out as I think it up and just going, can I do this? And I work at an right, agency, so sometimes I have to be aware a little bit of, you know, how, how many hours can I put into this when somebody mm -hmm. posts it during the workday, you know, <laughs> before <laughs> somebody starts to ask me about my availability and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, I love that kind of stuff. It's a great, uh, great distraction, but also like a muscle that you train as a HubSpot mm -hmm. super admin, I guess. Yeah. Right. Heard. It's, uh, it's still in the wheelhouse and it's that good practice. <laughs> okay. Sure. So your favorite custom coded actions. Uh, we've said the name gradient. You've talked about that. You have this agency thing that you have to be doing. Give us a couple of statements, <laughs> Bob, on today, what it is you're doing day to day, uh, and what that role looks like for you work-wise in HubSpot. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, so I work at gradient, which is a uh, Dutch, uh, Netherlands based, uh, B2B marketing agency servicing mostly sort of mid-sized uh, SMBs in uh, SaaS um, professional services, but also manufacturing, which is a, or manufacturing automotive, that kind of area, mm -hmm. which is a little bit of a, a, a more traditional market, I would say, in terms of technological adapt adaptation and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I got on board there about two years ago uh, as a uh, uh, as the HubSpot consultant. I was the only ah. person who, who had any background in marketing automation because it's not just HubSpot that I've been uh, uh, been working with. But uh, um, uh, yeah, the agency was a partner, but as is, I don't want to say typical, but I have seen this before where they become a partner first and then they then they sell a couple of projects and then it's like, oh, maybe it would be nice to have somebody in-house who knows about, <laughs> about this software <laughs> now that we've right, sold it, right. you know. Um, uh, so that's that's kind of how that, that grew. And um, uh, so initially it was a lot of HubSpot implementation and, 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 and consultancy work, um, execution, so uh, building workflows, uh, setting up emails. Um, but, you know, I've been doing that for quite some time uh, as a freelancer and with other agencies before that. So uh, I also wanted to uh, develop a bit more uh, towards the strategic uh, uh, side of things mm -hmm. and uh, not just be stuck in sort of the day-to-day -day operation of things. Um, so fortunately, uh, I managed to hire a little bit of a team around me. Sorry, just had some food. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, a team. we're now a team of, uh, we were four for a brief moment, then one of them uh, left, but we've got a new one already. So. Uh, from January on, it's a team of four of us uh, doing HubSpot things. Um, right, right. And yeah, so me and myself, I'll, I'll be sort of stepping back from the, the more simple stuff within HubSpot, I guess, in line with earlier uh, Matt Hattery, uh, if you will. <laughs> um, I'll be sort of involved in the more challenging uh architectures, uh, solution architect situations, basically. Right. Uh, right. Where the, the rest of the team picks up the, the more day-to-day -day support uh, for HubSpot. And um, yeah, that brings me to sort of the other part of what I do on a day-to-day -day basis, which is sort of building our proposition around demand gen, which is like a more mm -hmm. marketing strategic thing as a whole, right? Because we're a HubSpot partner, right. but we're a, a B2B marketing holistic agency first, right? And HubSpot is right. part, of the, part of the package. 
and uh, you know, with with the rise of of I, I want to say Dimajen as a as a as a, a theme, or I almost want to say hype. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, but it's to me, it's just good marketing, really. Like I don't want to like push that button of uh, Dimajen. It's the holy thing. You have to do it now, and then be about something else in two years. Uh, but that's something that we really, really uh, believe in strongly. I agree that we want to uh, like build our proposition about that. Also, do our own marketing around that, and, and, and just just claim our little piece of the pie in terms of uh, thought leadership. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing more now at at uh, Gradient for our customers, but also for Gradient itself. You know, doing our own demand gen, right, uh, right, basically. And and HubSpot is uh, is is becoming a little bit of a a secondary thing now, but yeah, for sure. It's still my, my, uh, my hobby. I still, like I said, I still get like <laughs> super excited when I get to automate things and then build, build these crazy architectures and machines. And then, yeah, that's, uh, it that's is so much fun to sure. hear. Like you have so much experience with it that you can think through how to build it or you could, as you're typing it out, you could be thinking through how does this, how's this actually going to work? Yeah. For sure. It's a, it's a gene almost, I think. Well, maybe not almost. I'm convinced it runs in a family because uh, the, I don't know if it's like the male line of my family, the, the, the bombs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, my dad, my uncle, uh, his two sons, so my, uh, my uh, cousins, um, we all have this sort of, we call it the MacGyver gene. And <laughs> okay. it's, this, okay. it's this natural instinct that we have to immediately start thinking in solutions and, and like, mm. you know, what if we, you know, it could be something that's broken in the house. It could be, uh, uh, you know, just as, like me in the digital space. Uh, my cousin is, uh, 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 vice president, something, something at, uh, fails Thales, which is a big, uh, I'm not sure if they're how, how international they are, but it's a fairly big, uh, uh, security concern. They make all, they do all kinds of sort of, security, crowd control, that kind of stuff. Uh, okay. so he, he, you know, manages these things at big events like uh, Tour de France uh, start in, uh, in my uh, home city a couple of years back. Uh, so it runs in the family. Like all of us, we have this sort of this, this gene that we apply in our day-to-day -day lives, uh, which is fascinating to see really. Love I remember that. when I first realized that, yeah. I was like, wait, so this is, this is something I have and that this I This is use. like a me thing. Everyone this doesn't a, do yeah. this? <laughs> It's my superpower, right? I mean, that's, that's, uh, it for totally sure. is. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You, whether you're looking down at, a, 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 a whole host of Lego pieces and you can see something that you can put together. Speaking your, of which, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your car in the back is what? It's uh, not just a car. It's the flowers. It's the, it's the, that thing. That is it is the flowers? I just saw the flowers at a store, yeah. uh, over the weekend. Yeah. It's the flower pack. Yeah. So. I'm not, a, it's not that big of a Lego nerd, but, uh, yeah, it seemed, you gotta have some actually, pieces. I discovered that gene thing first and I figured hmm, maybe Lego would be a nice thing to sort of <laughs> add to that. And, yeah. It does kind of add up. <laughs> Seeing a whole bunch of different pieces in front of you, Bob, and then being able to say, okay, based on from these, what can I build, uh, allows a couple things that I, I know works for me is that, well, if I can see this big thing that, uh, what I can build it into. Well, then also that means that if there's something missing, I could kind of imagine that out of it, we could build this big project. Uh, and also if I can see that project, then I can see out of the mix what's missing. And I, and I think for you and HubSpot, 
whenever I see your messages, it's that you can see the big picture from the pieces, but you can also identify that there might be a couple things missing you have to build in order yeah. for this thing to work. Yeah, for sure. And it helps me every day also in, in like, uh, um, a briefing developers. Like I don't write code. Mm. I mean, if you gave me a blank notepad thing and told me to write some JavaScript, I'd be like, I, I don't know, but I can mm. kind of read it. You know, when I read it, I go, okay, I think that bit is doing this. And then just from that, you kind of get an idea of what's possible and how all these pieces fit together. And it makes it really easy to talk to somebody who thinks exclusively in zeros and ones almost. Right. right. <laughs> and, and, and be able to sort of to explain it. Like I imagine a solution that does this and then not just speak in the sort of abstract terms that a typical, I don't know, marketing manager or something. Sure. You can talk about in, the but... modules. You talk about yeah, the variables exactly. you mean. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I can say things like I need it to pass a variable to this and this and without saying I need it. I need, I need the thing. Right. I think it's up. I don't know what, <laughs> yeah, I always thought that as a handy skill to be sort of, uh, uh as an inter interpreter in between yeah. those two parties or yeah. just briefing it myself. Yeah. Helps a lot. So tell us then go back to the first thing you started doing when you started using HubSpot, what, what did that look like? What was it transitioning from? And what was that first thing you did, uh, when you started using HubSpot for the first time? I think what makes this a bit tricky is that my first foray into marketing automation wasn't with HubSpot. So HubSpot kind of came, um, I don't really remember. I think at the first time I really started power using it was at, at Gradient here, uh, which is gotcha. only two years ago. And it feels like I've been using it for so much longer, mm -hmm. uh, probably because of the super intuitive user interface. But I actually started out with uh, Oracle Eloqua. I don't know if you heard of this, mm -hmm. but yeah, I won't. I won't uh, go too deep inside of it here, but it's, it's compared to HubSpot. It's, it's, we all, we always make fun of Salesforce, but I think Eloqua is just as bad, if not way worse, even worse. It's yeah. Worse. Yeah. It's like taking a space shuttle as a, as a, as a complete newbie, as, as the janitor at Cape, at Cape Canaveral, you know, and just go and say, here, fly this to the moon, please. You know, that <laughs> go ahead. ancient interface and, 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 uh, but it did have a couple of things that, Again, the first thing that I really fell for there was their version of, of uh, HubSpot's workflows. Mm -hmm. The campaign canvas, and you could just like, drag these modules around and connect them with like little wires and things like that. And that just that was the, of, one of the really things fun. that I really loved about Outlook, Microsoft Outlook. You know, as as many faults as the Microsoft Suite had, Outlook, you could drag and drop these little modules, and they would work together, and it was pretty amazing. I think, so I you, mean, you I don't have experience with that, but yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's, well, it's, it's, it's that the sort of the playful playfulness, I guess, of, to me, that's a funny thing. Also, it, it's hmm. never to me, HubSpot has never felt like work for me. It's always felt like a toy, you Look. know, like, and sometimes yes. it's good to realize like, wait, there's, there's, you know, there's businesses pouring tens of thousands of dollars into this and they depend on it to do their business. But for right. me, it's almost like, like, like the Legos, you know, it's like a playground right. uh, where I can build these things. And obviously, you know, I've, I've definitely learned that early on is that you got to be careful with this kind of stuff. You don't want to, you know, uh, but it, it does give me a certain, I want to say courage uh, mm -hmm. or uh, uh, you just go in and see like, oh, maybe I can build it like this or maybe I can build it like that. Whereas somebody who doesn't have that maybe would be more like, uh, I don't know. I got to figure this out or can I break, can I try? I'll just go and 
build it and then Go see if it, it works or not. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing that as a, as a agency partner, we do have like a enterprise playground that we can use, which does definitely help a lot is with the risk mitigation in terms of, cause I have in the past, you know, built stuff or tried stuff on live and then figured out, Oh, this doesn't work. And that kind of did something almost irreversible. <laughs> right. Right. Who has Sorry, it? I, I don't think you get to yeah. the level you're at, Bob, until you have. No, you got to break a few. Run an import that you didn't want to run. Yeah. <laughs> or you started a workflow and enrollment is Oops, not uh, yeah. the way you want. Accidentally wanted. enrolled all those 10,000 contacts again. <laughs> Maybe we need to type up a, like an excuse me, uh, sorry email. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, it, it's happened to me in the past, but it's. Like, yeah, I'm glad that I have that environment now. So it's a little. You safe. started with this B2B thing with the with the Oracle UI and that play. I, I love that you said, and you came upon it too. It's just like it feels like play. Um, I completely empathize with you on that. And so that translated directly. You went from uh, your Oracle time to HubSpot. Uh, no, because actually that was my first agency gig, and then from there I went on as a, a freelance. Uh, person for about three years, uh, sort of gun for hire for uh, uh, agencies who basically had the same problem. Like we mm -hmm. we did Oracle, the Eloqua thing, or HubSpot. I did some other platforms as well, where they said, you know, we need some extra hands, or uh, we got a customer and we're technically not a partner, but we need somebody who can help us with doing this. Yeah, yeah. Um, which which was good, but um, I also want to be sort of. Uh, close to the action, right? Yeah. And I found that as a freelancer, I would get hired by the agency, and the agency uh, would would do something that the, the customer wanted. And I want to be there with the customer, talking about what is a good strategy. Um, you know, don't just throw nurture flows out there, but actually think, you know, what's what's good for the customer? What do they need? Right. Just the, the sort of mark, you know. HubSpot, obviously, it's, it's, it's front office, but I uh, traditionally am a marketeer. So uh, that that stays in the mix. And I just found that as a freelancer, um, I wasn't getting a, uh, enough of that. Um, and the other part that I did at the same time as freelancing is I sort of had my own uh, consulting gig helping uh, uh, businesses or solopreneurs sort of build their business, which didn't necessarily depend on marketing automation, but it had that same sort of playfulness of, of building a machine, right? Mm -hmm. And then sort of seeing the, the big picture and all these cogs in the machine sort of working together and, and, and making like right. automated processes to help these people scale their business and, and free up their own time. Right, Which right. I had a lot of great ideas about that, but it was my first real gig as an entrepreneur. I didn't know anything about all of that, you know? So I got a little, you know, tired of that, burnt out, and it, it wasn't really for me at that time. I'm sure that I'll revisit it sometime in the future because those ideas never stop, you know, that that's right, something that's right. always going on. But uh, I went uh, to, it's the same, as I, ca I came to Gradient as a freelancer initially, somebody went on maternity leave, I, uh, I filled in the blank basically, and then just stuck around, put you the freelance stay. cap on the, what's <laughs> the, the, the real thing, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and when you came uh, into Gradient, so. you were still doing HubSpot implementate. You were, they needed something done and you would execute that. Yeah, pretty much. I think um, I'm trying to remember if I did, because I'm sure I did some 
Oh, actually, yeah. How could I forget? I did uh, a, a sort of a interim gig as a freelancer before Gradient uh, at a mm. recruitment agency for about six months or so, working with HubSpot, but very minimal. Like it was building a, a, a nurture flows, basically, or like a webinar flow. Yeah. To me, very basic stuff, not very architecturally challenging, basically. Mm-hmm. And that was the extent of my HubSpot experience, which I basically got just by already knowing a lot about uh, Oracle Eloqua. And then I got into Gradient, where immediately I was sort of put on projects where it was, uh, we're starting from scratch, we're implementing HubSpot marketing and sales at this company, we're doing something with APIs over here. Um, we don't know any of this stuff, Bob, can you, can you figure this out and help us, you know? Yeah, please, you're the HubSpot guy now. And so that, to me, it was like, oh yeah, sh- sure, I'll, I'll give please. it to me, you know, I'll figure it out. And then it grew from there and uh, it was just, uh, yeah, it's great. I've learned in the past two years, um, I've just sort of absorbed all the, like every time I got to use a new piece of HubSpot, because that's basically it, right? That's, it's a huge playground, but yes. not every customer uses everything. Far yes. from it. Usually it's just the tip of the iceberg. So everything, every time something new comes in, I'm like, oh yeah, now I can use custom behavioral <laughs> events. Or now I get to use uh, custom code or like the custom um, modules that you can build or custom quote templates, uh, playbooks, you know, all that, that stuff. Fantastic. Um, yeah. It's every time to me, it's like almost like Christmas morning when you get to do a new implementation that has that new bit of it. The, the new, I like that. The new beta, the, the self-selecting of which betas oh. you want to be a part of, oh. that is just like Christmas. Is, yeah, yeah. Which ones it's do like, I want to oh, play oh, with? And I don't have to like send the email and then hope that they assign it to that portal that I asked them for. <laughs> no, I guess I could do it myself. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. That's where you came into to Gradient and thus then your, your HubSpot journey, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so then take us from there, Bob. So from there to then today, give us a couple milestones that as you look back, what were some fun things that you did for the first time that were exciting or, uh, you know, your your first import of 10,000 contacts or more or something? <laughs> what were some things as you look back that were impactful for you? Yeah, I think... Like the imports that never really made me that nervous, and I already done quite some big ones earlier. But uh, just looking back, uh, uh, it's it's the company I talked about earlier with uh, refurbished uh, machinery. They sell, they buy, they uh, refurbish, and then sell used forklifts to two forklift dealers. Right, so they're they're right. very much um, in the back of the chain, basically. But it's like this family business that's been around for like seventy plus years. Uh, handed down through the generations. Uh, It's really interesting to see that. Like it's the current owner of the business, I think is the grandson of the founder. Yeah. And um, it's a family business and uh, there's a lot of expertise around all these. It's like a whole new world that that's just a sidebar. That's another fantastic thing about working at an agency is where you get all to all these different agents or different businesses that you never imagined would even exist. Right. And you get all that stuff. Um, But um, so yeah, like I said, they have this, they have this um, uh, perishable product basically. Like they mm-hmm. buy a forklift, it has like its own uh, unique identification number, and it goes onto the website. And what's fascinating is these people. They um, uh, it's like a, a cow market almost. You know, right, they throw right. up the new stock every day. Like ten or so new machines come in, and there's literally these these. Uh, uh, 
brokers almost yeah. um, on the website, hitting refresh, you know, <laughs> what's new, what's in, in stock. And then they, they'll pick up the phone and like it goes up at nine and they'll pick up the phone 915 saying, I want this one, that one and throw in a good deal for another machine, you know, and wow. then, bam, sold. So it's a really fast moving business, uh, especially with COVID. The demand was really high and supply currently it's still pretty low, but uh, um, they had, despite COVID, they had some pretty good, uh, good months. Um, and one of the big things that they had as part of their, um, uh, you know, what was important for their business core process is the mm -hmm. daily stock email, right? So new stock comes right. in, everybody who subscribes to that email gets the email saying, this is what's new in stock every day. Um, and they say, well, we want to send that email from HubSpot because we want to mm -hmm. get like, uh, stats and everything on it. Right, right. And this was right about the time, just a bit before the programmable email beta came out. <laughs> uh, so I had to figure out like, all right, uh, how because if we want to send out that email, it's, it's no way that we're going to ask that marketeer to build out like a list right. of products in the email by typing manually. out the manually. Yeah. Like typing in, cause that was one big thing they hated about their current system was they had to, uh, they did find like a backend solution to do like, uh, it was sent from the website or something like a server thing. Yeah. Um, for, for the listing of the stock, but if they had like special emails they wanted to send uh, in addition to those, they had to manually create the entire email, right? And I was like, yeah. <sighs> and it was this, um, there's nothing against, but she, she's like a, <laughs> thinking if this is gonna bite me in the ass if I call her an older woman, but <laughs> it, it wasn't a millennial, let's put it that way. And, and uh, a more veteran was, uh, employee. More veteran employee, yes. She'd been <laughs> with the company since early nineties, I think. Um, nothing but respect for her because she's been doing mm -hmm. like um, copy, like copy as in um, uh, typing it out, making the, the physical magazines, pasting pictures wow. of the thing in there with tape and then putting it in like these machines to make like a physical magazine out. They had that on site, like a printing room basically to make wow. the magazines. And she came from there and she's now using this system to, I, I, I just like how, how I helped somebody like that save tons of time because now she goes sure. in, says, create an email, clicks the email, and then she just has to type in like the identification number of the vehicle and it goes, and then it just shows, you know, all title, the info, image, all the specs, price, button, everything. It's in there. And um, that was, That's, that was so the initial all she has thing to do now is input the new ones that are in. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we're I playing now with, uh, with um, uh, 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 some extra, it's just basically it's a module that pulls a, a does a query on the on the CRM right. uh, object or the custom object. So we're working with like she could she could put in like uh, different types of queries, you know, like uh, brand name or engine type or combinations of the two, and then it'll, she could just put that in in the interface of the of the email, and it just loads them in. You know, that's and that's when you see that in action, that's the type of stuff that gets me all like, ah, oh, yeah, I built I built like this thing, this it, thing. It just, it yeah. works. Well, the developers built it, but I thought of it, you know, <laughs> and it works. Yeah. And then yeah. somebody's actually getting like their time back and, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was, that's, that's a great thing to see that it has impact on it. Yeah. What an awesome milestone to see. Yeah. And like you said, the impact on that person's job, but also on people receive this email and they yep. literally are doing better in their business then too. And this business is running better. Yep. For sure. That's cool yeah. to see. Yeah, and so that was before the programmable beta, programmable email beta came in. Which, uh, so I, did, I still didn't have a solution for how am I going to get that 
email out every day that automatically has the machines right. uploaded that day, right? So then uh, we had to do this thing with uh, the interesting thing there was working closely together with HubSpot that as they were sort of releasing that beta, they gave us, I'm, I'm not sure if it was like super early access, but I'm pretty sure that we had access to it before it became like a public beta thing. I don't know if that's even right. possible, but, uh, and the back and forth with the solution engineers just to get this to work. Cause we were like, this was the deal was kind of hinging on it. We had already sort of right, right. sold it, but then discovered <laughs> like, well, we can't actually build this shit. And we solved this. And then, yeah. uh, uh, it's going back and forth, like, but can it do this? Cause I, I had to sort of convince them to take, cause they were on pro initially. I had to convince them to go mm -hmm. to enterprise. Go up to on enterprise. the risk of the feature not actually doing what they needed. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was tricky trying to negotiate. And then it turned out that it was exactly what we needed basically. And it worked flawlessly out of the gate, which was speaking of milestones. That was a big one when we had that first email and it was like, nice. Like every day we send the email out and there's yeah. no input from our side. It just goes every day. So it goes out the out the way, and every day I because I'm subscribed to it as well. Yes. At the beginning, every day I was like, uh, "We're gonna open it. <laughs> see, does it actually have the machines in there? You know, is it is because you know, like if it doesn't have those machines, I'll have a very angry customer on yes, the phone really right. quick. Already, and, yeah, immediately. Yeah, like you said, it's fast, so you'll hear about it. It's not yeah a day sure. or a week immediately. later. Because their customers are going to be like, I just got an email saying, here's the new supply. And it was like a blank email. What, was, yeah. what gives? Is that what happens? That's <laughs> what happens, right? If there's, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. So it, it, it did so happen now a couple at of this times. Point, it just goes out every day automatically and it pulls every yeah. day the newly uploaded time-based mm -hmm. machines. It's uh, We built some, we used the uh, custom code when that was released uh, or we got access to operations up on that uh, mm -hmm. portal. Uh, we use that to build in some extra security to basically first pull the database to say, look, do I actually have any machines that meet these sure. criteria? Because if sure. not, I'm not sending the email. Before that, we had a fallback that said, dear customer, unfortunately, there are no machines today. Here's a button to browse the rest that we have on offer. Nice. Sort of as a, you know, worst case scenario, at least it would be something. Something. They'll um, receive something because they'll be like, where's They'll receive email? something and it won't be like a blank email. And yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but we did had there was uh, some interference at some point with the API connection that would upload the machines to HubSpot. So we had like two or three days in a row where that email got sent. Yeah, and then it gets and it gets awkward, you know. So I was I was happy that we got uh, ops up in there at some point to build that little custom code action that had that extra layer of security in there. So That's that awesome. was a mini milestone after that one. Yeah. But Any other like milestones? That. Yeah. It's. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking because these are all sort of on the more technical side. There's another one where we almost use exact, exactly the same system to uh, a, a trucking a company to help them sell their used trucks, uh, where we, we built an interface in HubSpot where they can create quotes with the trucks in there and then um, send those out. Where you have to do like these little workarounds because building a quote, you still have to add line items but they yeah. weren't actually using line items to populate the quotes. So we, right. we have these like dummy line items in there, which is a little confusing to their sales reps at first. Um, uh, but we kind of made that work so that it doesn't look like it, it sticks together from duct tape. And, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it works. And there's this business and they, they went, cause they came from Excel. So these people sure. are going, 
oh, we're so happy that we have this system now. And now we've got like contacts and we open the contact. We can see exactly which trucks they bought in the past. And it's associated with the company. And then you got the, like the deals and the quotes. And then the deals are associated Amazing. with the vehicles. And the vehicle <laughs> delivery pipeline is there as well. You know, it, when it comes on site from the, from the body workshop and all these, like all of that just, and it was a lot of work at the back because you're, you're working with that. Maybe that was another milestone working with a salesperson because most of the time I'm fortunate enough to work with somebody on the other side who's at least a little bit trained in digital systems or architecture, sure. or somewhat like that. Right. But this was a salesperson right there. It's like a you have to imagine a dealership where they're sitting in the, like the little area above it and downstairs yeah, is nothing but trucks. Yeah, yeah. And their job is to walk around the showroom and sell trucks to people. And now you have to uh, uh, ask this guy about what do you want your CRM process to look like? Where he comes from <laughs> Excel, like, right? I so, want to walk downstairs and talk to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was that was um, it was very interesting because this was a, an impatient man, um, demanding. I want to say rightfully so. I mean, he, he, he paid a lot of money, but mm -hmm. um, very nice guy. But uh, it was interesting to negotiate that that language barrier almost like you yeah. have your own sort of questions. Like, uh, how do you want to automate this workflow so that you get like notification? <laughs> and he goes, I don't know. This was a guy who had to like call up it because he forgot his password. Like when we we're on a live chat, he said, right. Oh, right. I have to enter a password. I don't know how to do this. I'll call support. And I'm going, Wait, this is, you know, salt right. of the earth, you have to work guy, with but... this person and he doesn't even know what you just said. You said a sentence, yeah. he doesn't even know the sentence. Yeah, exactly. And and it, it sort of, that's another interesting aspect of the job, I think, um, to not right. just you understand could know. what you're doing. Yeah, you could know, know everything, everything about what you know. But but this guy has to, I have to find a way to ask this guy the right questions so that I get the information that I need to build the process because you can build it in so many different ways. And all this guy says is, I kind of want it to look like this and gives you a... Uh, a cartoon picture of it, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. So then you, it's, it was a lot of iteration there where you're, you're, um, you're, you're building it based on your first guess. And then you, sh you walk them through it and they go, Oh yeah, but this is, this is how I imagined it, but this, no, it doesn't work like that. Cause it works like this. And then you go like, all right. Okay. So now I'm getting the, the way I, so you have to almost intentionally build it with only 50% of the information just so you can show it to them and then right. get the missing pieces in there. Right. Right. That was an interesting right. dynamic as well. Yeah. What a great milestone in, in design and strategy and facilitating a conversation that you're speaking to your audience, not to your expertise. You know, your expertise is on display because you've enabled the conversation, not because you've clicked the right buttons or typed the right code. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's for HubSpot super admins everywhere. <laughs> that is, that is <laughs> maybe at least half the job, right? Right. The system is, is, is one area, one arena basically, and, uh, understanding what's required and, and being able to translate that into normal human speak, I want to say is, is another arena that we're, uh, we're, we're gladiators in. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Well said. If you identify with Bob on, if you're listening and you identify with Bob, that man, uh, the the system is half. Speaking to people about it is the other half. 
go say hi to Bob on LinkedIn or uh, on Discord at Bob and say, heard. <laughs> Tell him that you you feel the same way. Yeah, for sure. Love to uh, to riff more about this. I always love it. Love yeah. Always with. This would be a good topic to talk about that we get so deep on the technical. I'm so glad you surfaced that that's really... Sometimes it can be the whole job. Sometimes it's actually really easy, but the conversations. It's, I mean, I've had customers where it was even worse than this, where it's you're because in this case, I had to build something really technical as well. Yeah. I've had, I've had to do like the simplest implementations, HubSpot starter. And, but I had to sell it to somebody who was, you know, hard to work with. Let's put it that way. Understood. Uh, The flip phone people of the world. Who, yeah, that's almost like part of their personality. Yeah, business owner, busy with tons of other things, just wants it to work. Right, doesn't maybe regard you, just regards you as a sort of just make it work. I'm paying you, you know. Yeah, and 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 that, yeah, I mean, then that that was a difficult one as well because for me it was like, but I know all this this stuff, you know. For me, this is the super simplest thing, but I cannot somehow uh, get through to this person. Or, communicate on the same level as this person because it's not just it's not her fault right she's no, doing the no. best she can agreed but there's this then you really notice like oh that's that's part of this gig as well is to bridge that gap between um like a language barrier it feels almost the same or cultural differences agreed it's something on the same level uh well we'll have to make there's something here <laughs> I don't know what it is yet, but th- there's a whole conversation here or, or a whole uh, series. Um, <laughs> let's see. Next question is about going back through again, Bob. I'd love for you to go back through your start to finish experience. Instead of milestones, though, talk to us about some people. Call out their names and let us know the story of, of some people that made an impact on you or that you'll, you're grateful to have worked with for some reason. Well, I think uh, a very big one that you also obviously know is Kyle, Kyle uh, Jepson. Right, right. Um, who I think the first thing that I saw of him wasn't even his amazing uh, presence and personality that he displays every day on LinkedIn when he does the, <laughs> like the updates. Um, it was actually a written article that he wrote about um, how to set up your uh, deal pipeline, the stages. Mm-hmm. how to come up with those. And that is one that every time today that I'm uh, uh, doing a deal pipeline setup, that's the thing I, I pick because it just makes so much sense like to have yeah. your, your pipelines um, organized by the phase that the buyer is in rather than the many more phases that you're likely to come up with if you look at just your own process. Right. Um, doesn't he add to that they need to be past tense? Biocentric past tense completed. Yeah, those like that little exercise that's in there. It's so simple, but it's so powerful. And I teach it to the people here as well like wow. at, at Gradient, the new folks. They say like, if you do a pipeline setup, because that's something that they all have to do at some point, right? You're like, this is your process. Just take it and and, and walk. That's awesome. Um. So that's that's one thing that that uh, that's the first thing I think I, I I saw from him. Then probably some academy uh, stuff as well. And right. today, obviously, what he's doing with uh, with uh, um, just being the 
almost the voice of the super admin at HubSpot, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we call it that, but and his his daily updates. You know, my coworkers who who are in in marketing, uh, but don't necessarily do stuff with HubSpot. Even they know about him because I occasionally share like the videos on Slack, and they just go like, "Oh, I this guy, I love his like <laughs> wacky energy level that he throws into this stuff. It's fantastic." So, yeah, so if you, good. If you can achieve that in your community with that much energy, and I think he's he's even more more than us has yes. that sort of yes childlike in a good way uh playful energy for him obviously it also it looks like a playground I yes guess. like yes look at what we can now do you know <laughs> i love that it's it's, it's so yeah. exciting so yeah, big shout he, out to, uh, to him for that shout out to kyle heard yeah so that's one and um yeah another big one that has sort of influenced my whole career, I think, um, for the past two or three years or so, uh, but has managed to put into words also the things that I always believed about B2B strategy, B2B marketing strategy um, uh, as a whole, but never was able to articulate as well as him, is uh, Chris Walker, who mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard of or maybe uh, follow a little bit as well. I'm always kind of conscious of that. Um, that's demand gen or B2B marketing or whatever you want to call his, his sort of arena. We're in maybe a little bit more of the technical side. Uh, I think a lot of people will have heard of him in, in this procreteer community as well. Yeah. Um, but I can understand that some of those are more in like the sales or rev ops or dev ops or, or things like that arena. Uh, if you don't know him, um, basically he's, he's put the term demand gen on the map. I think the past three years or so he's, He's got this fantastic podcast that sort of really early days. He started as a sort of like a, during the pandemic, uh, kind of like an experiment together with this uh, f- connection of him, a friend of him, uh, Gatano Dinardi. And they were just riffing about B2B marketing stuff in general. And it's been okay. fantastic to sort right. of follow along with that and see him develop his own um, point of views, his own perspectives, basically on how good B2B marketing should function mm-hmm. and the, 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 the power and sort of uh, uh, firmness or conviction, I guess, that he conviction. puts into uh, uh, explaining how it works uh, has, has made him like almost into this superstar uh, yeah. uh, in that space. And uh, I can say that we're, we're, we're modeling a lot of the stuff that we're doing with gradients when it comes to demand gen after his teachings, I almost want right, to say. Right. It's, it's almost like that, right? It feels, it's almost like a gospel-like uh, following, I guess. That sure, he's, uh, sure. Yeah. If he's developing it in front of you and, and finding the words, it's almost yeah. like you're following along and you're finding your own words. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, that's that's what inspired our podcast as well, you know, and yeah. it's, it's not just uh, uh, parroting after him and saying, uh, when somebody asks me a question like, how does demand gen work? It's not like I go and Chris Walker, demand gen, and then just sort of read aloud <laughs> what he's, what's no, on no. His, his page. Yeah. No, it's that, um, like I said, he's been able to articulate how I feel about it, how I felt about it already. And he's given me almost like the, the tools or the vocabulary or the, the building blocks to build this into a framework that we as grading can work with as well. And that I can right. use to help my customers understand demand gen and implement it for themselves, which 
Um, I know he's done that for many, uh, so and I have no illusion that he'll he'll see this stuff. But uh, it's it's a shout out nonetheless to uh, to to all the great, great stuff that he's doing. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love to hear that it's impactful to you. That it's not necessarily a a course of here are the steps because I have everything figured out. It's that he has had the conversation publicly and then you've benefited by hearing him work through the answer or through at least the topics that speak to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, it's not, uh, feels like I want to defend it or somehow, but it it really isn't like copy pasting uh, (laughs) the things that he's saying, like, uh, Oh, I'm just going to, because that's my one sort of go-to guy. And he says it should be like this. So it should be like this. No, it's, no, there's definitely a sort of a layer of critical thinking in between there going like, does it work that way? And make it go through my head and then sort of applying it to the cases that I have in front of me of my own clients uh, or the clients at Gradient and, you know, and then internalizing it, making it your own and all that stuff. Right, right. Anyone, any other uh, impact or or people you're grateful for along the way? Yeah, I can put it closer to home, I guess, the the owners of of Gradient, uh, because I've been at at a couple of agencies and um, what I've seen is uh, this, it seems like a lot of agencies at the, at the, like the, the tipping point between startup and scale up, like this is sort of a milestone that they all seem to hit at about like uh, 15 to 20 FTE. Uh, you need to grow, you could need to go past a, a bump in the road basically. Mm-hmm. And that's where either people, they, they agencies, they sort of stay there or they break down, they don't make it, or they sort of scale back down, and or right, right. and a, a few uh, actually make it past the bump, right? Yeah. And um, the cool thing about Gradient is they 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 hit that bump before. They almost went bankrupt because they tried to build a different, like a data product, on the side. So it was mm. uh, instead of focusing on the one thing that you're good at. What I see a lot of business owners do, I guess is this thing is working for me. Now I'm going to build this other thing next to it and do that as well. And then they both kind of sort of mm-hmm. suffer from it, you know? And um, the cool thing about Gradient is that the, the owners, they went there, they fell on their face, but they went through it and they, you know, came back stronger because of it. Nice. And um, uh, n- now they're reaping the benefits of that because all of that knowledge and experience that they've had with with the failure basically right right now uh helps them navigate uh the sort of the tricky parts of this and and it's um one of the things for example that i'm grateful for is that um as an agency you know you gotta have your you have your billables you gotta be sort of like let's say 80 percent billable or something as a as a as a person at an agency that delivers the work right um so something like hey what's our demand gen process look like how do we do our own marketing and all of that stuff? It's non-billable. So it needs to be, it needs to come from somewhere. You need to create that room. And I'm very mm-hmm. grateful that the, the owners of, at Gradient not just created that room, but they share the vision as well. So, uh, like I said, the Chris Walker thing, right? The whole, uh, demand gen idea behind that, right. um, has been embraced by the management team at Gradient, uh, to a big level. They understand marketing as a playing field and, and 
that that's needed for an agency as well. And the opportunity that lies before us, if we, you know, just prioritize a little bit, um, doing some marketing of our own, uh, that's, that's a tricky thing, right? A lot of, I know a lot of agencies have this problem is that, uh, right. There, there's a Dutch phrase that's something like, uh, um, it, it leaks at the plumber's house. I don't know if there's a similar thing in, in yes. English. I can't think of one right now, but, um, that's, uh, that's the, the ironic thing. And it, like I said, grateful that there's space and, and priority being given to initiatives like that to, uh, to build that out and that I get to be the person that does it. Right. Right. So on top of that, they're, they're going about it in a way that is, uh, that feels right. That's open and they're actually doing it, but also you're the one that gets to lead it. And it feels like that's, that's a privilege. Uh, what a great call it out. Bob. Yeah. Because, because, you know, these are, these weren't just the, uh, sure it's, it's their ideas too, but it's, it's the, the freedom that I get to take the ideas that I have in my head and sort of turn them into reality. Right. Which is right. not a given if you're not at like sea level or, or like high management. Um, uh, sure. Ideas that you can put into practice for, for the customer, but to, this is, this is a, a helping steer the course of the company. Right. Right. I mean, right. I'm not the captain on the ship, but I like that sort of position of being, uh, like, a. uh, the trusted right hand or something, right? But your hands are on the wheel. Yeah, like, uh, you're not the captain of the yeah. ship, but your hands are on the wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's uh, that's that's always been my sort of position that I like. That's also maybe why the sort of solo entrepreneur thing felt difficult for me at first, because then you're you're the, the end boss, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm more of um, what's that guy? Uh, 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 Iron Man sidekick. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Iron Man and Winter, the not Winter Soldier, uh, War, War Machine, <laughs> War Machine. But his name, like I, oh. I forgot his actual like real life name. Uh, Rogers? <laughs> no, that's uh, Colonel Rogers. No, Colonel Rogers. That that's Steve Rogers. Yeah, no. I I blank. But yeah, just <laughs> he's right there. I think. <laughs> somewhere in there yeah so that's i'm not sure if, if that guy is is the, he's the first one that comes to mind Colonel but Rhodes. Rhodes, Rhodes. yeah yeah captain rogers yeah captain america it's not colonel america it's captain america it's, captain america. it's colonel rogers oh, or, yeah. or colonel Rhodes. Rhodes. oh my gosh captain, captain rogers. <laughs> we're keeping this in but everyone can totally make fun of us those of you listening right now yes it Absolutely. is Friday, yeah. and I was not in Marvel territory in my yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm just thinking like I'm sure there's some kind of movie right. or, or or whatever analogy in there, but that's that's a position that I I like to be in to sort of that um, faithful right hand man. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. Not the full responsibility, but the room that I have to to sort of experiment a little with the creative ideas that I have in my head. And that's, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, on that note, what is the direction you're going? So our, our last question here on the podcast is going to be Bob 2032. Yeah. What, what is he doing? And he, uh, let's hypothetically say he's standing in front of you right now. What kind of things is he talking to you about either reminding you 
or reassuring that you're, that you're doing and you're doing them well? Um, what does he say? What is he doing? Um, so I've, I've, I've expressed this to uh, the management at Gradient as well, um, which is I want to be the best B2B marketer in the Netherlands. That's a goal. And that's a bold statement. And mm-hmm. one that I'm not, I'm not typically a person that makes bold statements like that, right? I'm not that right. sort of kind of grind, uh, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, the it's not in your nature. Sort of, no, I'm a sort of more tentative person, I guess. Um, but it's, it's a goal that I've, uh, I've, I've said it a couple of times, even just saying it now, it does feel like it has a little sort of gravitas to it, like, you know, but um, it is, it's a BHAG. And a BHAG, you know, it's a big yep. audacious goal, right? Yep. It's not necessarily something that uh, has to be attained exactly like that, but it's just like we're putting it there. Um, so I, I feel fairly confident saying that I want to be the best B2B marketer in the Netherlands. And that's um, uh, it, the, the steps that I'm taking now to do that. Um, I'm, I'm very happy to have that sort of technical background. And we'll keep nurturing that. But over the last couple of years, I've been exploring the strategy more and more. Like, how do you build a good B2B marketing strategy that doesn't just involve saying, we're going to, I don't know, write ebooks, or write blogs, or, or, or publish social posts. That's not a strategy. A strategy is looking at what's the business target? What are we currently at? What's the gap look like? How can we fill that up? You know, yes. thinking at that level, sort of the business yes. level. And that's the sort of new... I don't want to say fascination, but a new, new, new door that I've sort of opened up and started poking around in. So that's, that's kind of, um, and this other thing that I have in my head to get there, right. Is to mm-hmm. at one day in the future, uh, not, not fairly soon, but, uh, you know, five years or so, I don't know, um, is to go to the other side, the client side, let's put it that way. And as a sort of a CMO at a, at a startup scale up, build this from scratch, you know, take all the stuff okay. that I've learned about the, the technology, the contents, you know, how do you, how do you write good content and stuff like that? I have a little bit of a knack for that. I'm not a copywriter, but yes. um, the strategy, doing that at a sort of strategic level and then sort of building it out for myself. Cause that's a, a, a need that I feel still. And sometimes it feels a little disappointing sitting at an agency where you're dependent on somebody else's budget drive, uh, understanding to be able to fulfill that. But right. I, I know all this stuff and now I want to see it in action. Right. I want to see those strategies that Chris Walker talks about those um, pipelines with the automations and all the clever stuff that is possible in HubSpot. Uh-huh. I want to sort of build maybe not the biggest, but definitely the most efficient. I want to take it all and build it into what it could be <laughs> for a business, you know, so uh, that was been an interesting uh, thing in my development as well, sort of managing, uh, uh, managing when I feel a sense of accomplishment. Because if you're always striving ah. for that, that, that hugely big machine, you're going to get disappointed all the time because that's probably not going to happen with like 90% of your customers because they move at a slower pace. Um, so that's, that's, a, that's one thing just on that path to growth there. Um, and... If that person was there, uh, saying things now, it would probably be, um, you're on the right path, but be sure to 
be disciplined enough to take those ideas in your head, which are really good and share them with the world. Because that's, <laughs> that's another <laughs> thing. I've had these sort of, uh, uh, if I'm really honest, really honest with myself, that's the thing that I'm struggling with. And I cannot continue to blame it on like outside, uh, factors is that my, my presence in LinkedIn or podcasts or whatever right. has been in sort of bursts, right? Like three, right. four months going well. And then something happens. I went on vacation. That's the, the last thing that sort of threw a wrench in the, in the thing mm -hmm. uh, for three weeks. Then I had to catch up on some work and then this stuff falls behind again. Mm -hmm. And I really need to pick it up because I know that this is going to get me places. It's right. going to get me that, that, uh, uh, cause I know it, notice it already. Like the initial couple of podcasts that we did get these great responses from people, the exact type of responses you're looking for mm -hmm. in ICP, uh, customer profile, people saying, um, this is great stuff and I'm, I'm learning from this and then, you know, okay, so we got to do more of that. Yeah. We need more um, of this. They're looking yeah, for exactly. it. They're saying they're looking for it. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think uh, that's something that they would be. Uh, reminding me of to basically say, uh, you know, keep, keep doing this and, and, and be sure to, to, to find that discipline to, uh, to commit to it and, uh, and, and find a consistent way to, to bring it out there. Um, and the other thing would be, like I said earlier, is, you know, it's just, uh, celebrate the, don't forget to celebrate the smaller victories as well. Uh, because, the big things will come <laughs> <laughs> celebrate yeah. along the way as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Love to hear that you, you feel like you have the humility to say to yourself, I'm doing right things. Do more of that. Do more and more frequently. It is the right thing. Just keep, keep at it. Yeah. And celebrate the small wins along the way too. Feels it very human. It sounds a bit cheesy, maybe like it's those, those types of, uh, inspirational quotes that you would see on posters and everything, but they're, oh. they're there for a reason, <laughs> I think, because they're there. It's, I think I've, if, it sounds like I've had like years of experience being like a solo entrepreneur or anything, but I'm, I'm 34 now. Um, what I find fascinating at any rate is, uh, just looking at how I, as a human being, and I'm sure other people have this as well. At least I hope that a lot of people have the same type of experience. Uh, looking at yourself and seeing yourself grow is this very satisfying experience, <laughs> right? Understanding right. more about yourself. That's basically like, like I said earlier, the MacGyver gene thing that sort of clicked when I was 28, 29 or something. And I've, yeah, the, the power and the confidence it gives to understand yes. that about yourself because then you can start using it. Uh, and I think a lot of people have this sort of vague idea about who they are and what they, they do, but understanding your strengths and your weaknesses, it helps you so much in, in, uh, deciding where to put your energy into and, and understanding what gives you joy and what puts you in that sort of flow state. And, um, yeah, I mean, at an agency, it's always busy. You always got to do something so you don't like, but it's nice to know, uh, understand about yourself, what you need to do or what, what button you need to press to get back to your happy place. <laughs> and I, I wish that for everybody. Like I, I, I know that there's people out there that are sort of stuck in a position like they're just grinding out every day. Right. Right. And I think a big part of 
breaking through that is understanding what drives you and what, what you're good at. Because uh, that gives you the confidence to to take a step somewhere and say, like, I know that this this thing is fun for me or this is something I'm good at and uh, I can do. Wise beyond your years, Bob. <laughs> like insightful and down to earth. It's been a complete pleasure. Likewise. People want to reach out. Those of you listening, the, those people listening, where, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. So it's, it's just my first name, last name. I don't know. I'm sure that's posted somewhere here. That's my LinkedIn handle as well. Um, uh, if you want to listen to the podcast, it's the secret ingredient with an A instead of an E on, uh, Spotify on Spotify, or, right? Yeah. We're on, I think we're on the other podcast channels of Google. We're on, uh, it's on YouTube as well. If you don't want to see it, if you're, if you're not, if you're non-Dutch, then you would want to go to YouTube because that gives you the subtitles. Ooh, yeah. We should also say yeah. Bob shares on his LinkedIn, the secret ingredient, uh, clips, they are in Dutch. However, when uh, you can, when you watch on YouTube, which I do, turn on closed captioning and you can read their words if you want to read it in English. Yeah, yeah we're prioritizing in, in Dutch for now because that, that's our target market. And I think it's interesting to experiment there because uh, I could do it in English just to make it international. But I think there's a, like a interesting bit where uh, it gets lost on the Dutch folk because it's mm -hmm. in English. Mm -hmm. Even though we're pretty good at English, it feels a bit further away from home, I guess. Okay. Um, so that, that's that's uh, that's the platform. Uh, yeah, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the best place. Or obviously in the Sprocketeer community, if you're one of those. Uh, <laughs> I'm in there as Bob Baum as well. So. Bob is posting continuously answers and, and probably responses. Probably not as much as, as some people, but yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm ranked second. Are you second? Maybe third by now. I, I used to be, I was second for Shadab, a long time, right after you. Yeah. Shadab checks all the time. <laughs> I think he's in in contention for sure. Yeah, I think it's it's Nick second. I don't know, it doesn't matter. Oh yeah, Nick as well. Nick is up there. Uh, Bob, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Absolutely. Sprocketeers out there, thank you for listening. Uh, thanks for being part of the community. To you, I say spinny, spinny, and we'll see you on the next one. Yeah. Take care. Okay.